This is Exponent Philanthropy's catalytic podcast, Conversations with Leaders at Small Foundations. Meet some of the most creative, resourceful, and risk-taking foundation people in the country. The John Gogian Foundation made a shift from supporting programs to building the strength of organizations. In part two of her podcast, Executive Director Lindsay Stammerjohn shares the next phase of that journey to convening partners and funding training for board and staff. So back in 2010, uh, we brought together 27 of our grantee partners, and we probably had 45 at the time. Um, and we gathered in a space. I had the table set in a, in kind of a square, and um, I was not included at the table. And one of our grantee partners actually led the discussion, and they were talking about the um, the starvation cycle and how so many organizations uh, were struggling and caught in that. And out of that discussion, the, the Gogian Foundation was putting forth the idea of convening our grantees um, to bring in a trainer to start working through some of the um, ideas about the starvation cycle and you know, full cost budgeting and market rate salaries and things like that. The reason I was not at the table was because I felt that if we did these convenings, it had to be driven by our grantees, what their needs were, what worked for them, traffic timing-wise, the topics they wanted to hear, um, the case studies that came forward. It all had to be driven by our, our grantee partners, not by the foundation. Because I think if we drove it, Um, Because we're a funder, they would jump the hoop and attend, but it wasn't that we wanted them to jump a hoop and come to this. We wanted them to see this as a win-win and something that was going to really impact their organization in a great way. And at the end of the time, um, they asked for me to come up to the table. And they said, you know what, if you're willing to convene us, we need to have an open and honest discussion about what that would look like. So they all said, traffic in LA is terrible. You can't hold this during rush hour traffic. Uh, They voted that January was the only month that was a good month for most of the grantees. They decided that Wednesday was the best day. Uh, several said that if there was not a trainer and they weren't going to learn something, they wouldn't participate. So we had to have some type of an agenda. Uh, they also wanted a social networking time so that they could get to know each other. So taking all of that information back to the office, uh, we kind of sat down and decided, okay, let's do this. Uh, let's try our first one. We put something together six months later. And we've been convening every year since uh, through January of 2020 before COVID hit us. And 
it has been the best thing I think the foundation has ever done. Um, when we didn't have the convening this past January, I probably got 15 or 20 emails from grantee partners and it was how much they missed the family reunion. And that was their wording <laughs> and how much they missed seeing the board members and having the meet and greet and seeing one another. Um, you know, our training goes from 10 to two 30. So it, you know, they start with coffee and, continental breakfast, we bring in lunch, and we have just had so many wonderful topics through the years. Um, strategic business planning, we've had full cost budgeting twice. Uh, we had a storyteller come in three years ago, and initially, I didn't know how the response would be, but I think we had over 120 people in the room. Uh, we've done a lot of board development and recruitment, uh, organizational culture, marketing, branding, succession planning. And I, I honestly, I just think it, it has been um, such a way for our grantee partners to feel that they're part of something. And Organizations call one another. I mean, all of those that are doing residential group homes for the developmentally disabled, they all know each other. They talk, they share, they visit each other. And, and this has come about from having a, a grantee convening year after year where they've gotten to know each other. We invite them to apply for a deeper engagement with the, the forum trainer. And I mean, it can take, you know, anywhere from um, four months to a year to do the work. Uh, it usually requires the board involvement. So, you know, it's not something that we ask them to do on the spot. We, we tell them that at the end of the forum, there will be an application. But the forum includes, we invite um, the executive directors, board chair. Um, if we have space, we'll add additional board members or executive staff. So our last training was about 125 people in the room. So finding consultants that are able to facilitate our forum, those recommendations sometimes come from the Annenberg Foundation. They'll come from other colleagues. Uh, they come from working with our grantees uh, personally. They'll say that they're working with uh, a certain uh, consultant, and we'll tap into those um, individuals for our forums. Uh, so we've covered so many different topics, including strategic business planning, uh, full cost budgeting. Uh, we had storytelling, which uh, we thought was a little too woo-woo, but I uh, had one of the best turnouts. Um, we've done a lot of board development and recruitment uh, we continually hear from our grantee partners that serving the disabled or serving those with uh, Alzheimer's, they're not sexy um, organizations and topics, and it's very difficult to recruit board members. So we focused a lot on board recruitment. Uh, and we've had uh, organizational culture, which was a fascinating um, forum for our organizations. And that consultant is still wiki working with us uh, two years later and doing a really deep dive for about nine of our organizations right now, and they're now paying for it. So we see great success when we first fund 
after the forum and introduce a consultant to the organizations, then they learn of the value of this work and go on to embrace it and fund it themselves. And I'll tell you, I mean, it's capacity building has been a hard sell with John because he will come back to me and say, you're getting carried away. I didn't start it for the capacity building. I started it for, um, for that mom with a special needs child. But, but all we have to do is remind him of our future goals. And, and then he agrees that long-term sustainability is, is the goal so that um, the mom's child continues to be served, right? So it's kind of this circle of getting people to buy in um, to why do you give the general operating support? Why do you help with capacity building? And it's buying into a bigger system than just program and services. Long-term sustainability, that, that is my catchphrase. That is the phrase I always go back to when I'm talking to my board. And I wrote out yesterday the myths that we embraced at the beginning of our journey um, that so many, I think, individual donors embrace and I think many foundations uh, embrace. And I really think that if we could get rid of these myths, it would change the mindset and we would realize that sustainability is really um, a reality for our nonprofit organizations. And I mean, we had a lot of pitfalls at the beginning, right? We didn't want them to, our grantees to be dependent on us. Uh, we didn't want to fund overhead or award general operating um, because it was easier to track uh, program support. And we thought if somebody worked at a nonprofit, they should be making less money than somebody in another sector. So we were blown away when we saw these really big salaries on a tax return, like, oh my gosh, this is a nonprofit. What are they doing? So we had to overcome all of these myths to understand that in order for an organization to be sustainable, uh, we had to push those aside. And my board has embraced that. As I reflect back, I think I see such tremendous growth in our grantee partners and in the foundation as I see the ability of both entities being able to share freely back and forth. So our grantee partners are able to pick up the phone and tell us they have a struggle with something. Um, and we have the opportunity to try to meet that. I think it's that honesty and vulnerability that has developed between the foundation, the board and staff, and our grantee partners that is moving the needle for our, our grantee partners. I think Mr. Gogian would be really proud right now to see the impact that we're having because our partners um, are establishing this long-term sustainability. In the beginning, Mr. Gogian's desire in starting the foundation was to have an impact. And I think what we have accomplished today um, is not the result of a power-down system, and we don't operate in a vacuum. It has been the result of relationship building with our grantee partners and then accomplishing something bigger than either one of us could have done alone. Thanks to Lindsay Stammer-John for joining us. 
Lindsay retired from the Gogian Foundation in the fall of 2021 after many years of leadership. Exponent Philanthropy is deeply grateful to Lindsay for serving as a teacher, guide, and mentor to us and to many philanthropy leaders around the country. Look for new catalytic podcasts each month. Meet more creative funders. Benji Roo does the audio engineering and mixing. Our website is by Kwok Lee. Our music is by O Future. The Catalytic Podcast is made possible by grants from two Exponent members, the 1772 Foundation and the Blackstone Ranch Institute. I'm your producer and host, Andy Carroll. Thanks for listening. Join us next time.